0: This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shah on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: And we begin the Thursday edition of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shah here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, good to be back with you, my friend. Glad we- to have you back. We have got a. Interesting game to say the least tonight. And by the way, we're going to have Josh Applebaum join us. We'll ship up to Boston later on this hour. And of course, Mike Pritchard's going to w- join us in hour number two. Can't wait to get Pritchard's thoughts on this game tonight as well. But all. I look at this game and I-, I saw it's been as high as four for the Bengals tonight against right. the Dolphins, now down to three and a half here. And that total hovering, it's gone up, by the way, to 48 and a half now. You could have got that about 47 earlier in the week. Here's my questions for you as we begin this conversation on Thursday Night Football tonight. You know all the plays that that Dolphin defense played just on on Sunday in that win against the Buffalo Bills. Are you surprised the numbers come back down to three and a half with money coming in on the Dolphins? I thought, if anything, it might go up as high as four and a half.
5: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I was a little bit surprised by this move, but four and a half is a, a bit of a difficult a number to be able to cover. Uh, you know, you feel like a game would land four. It's pretty optimal right now. If you mm-hmm. like Cincinnati, three would have been the best of it. Uh, But when I look at this Miami team, tough turnaround. You played a physical game against a division opponent. Now you've got to go back on the road on a Thursday night spot. I mentioned this yesterday. JBT reminds me a lot of what happened with Baltimore knocking off Minnesota last year in overtime at home. Then turning around on a Thursday night, going on the road to take on the uh, Miami Dolphins in South Florida. Similar situation here where you've got a great win And now you've got to go play an AFC conference opponent who needs this game. The Bengals sitting at one and two. You don't want to be sitting at one and three. And Miami, if they win this game, Dave, you talk about a great week. I mean, you beat Buffalo. Right. You beat Cincinnati. And then you're sitting around Sunday going, hey, if the Ravens take care of business against Buffalo, we got a two-game lead. We're 4-0 in the AFC because they already have two division wins. Wow. I mean, this is an incredible opportunity for the Miami Dolphins. It's a great point. And again, you don't want to put the the cart in front of the horse here if you're the Dolphins. But
4: if that happens, boy, you're you're kind of all of a sudden you feel like you have a real battle in the AFC East going forward because it was a foregone conclusion. This was the Buffalo Bills division. Nobody's really going to be able to challenge them. And look, this is not a division game. I get that. But to your point about 4-0 in the AFC, potentially for the Dolphins when you go big picture down the road, this game could really play heavily in that if they're really going to have visions of grandeur. What's interesting to me is the betting market really hasn't changed. Now, again, this is the numbers you could have gotten r- around the summer. Bills minus 250. It was as high as $4. Right. Right. Then, with the loss to the Dolphins, all of a sudden it's back to where we were kind of before the season began. So the, the Fests have come way down to plus 225. You see the other numbers have gone out exponentially. The, the Patriots now 20 to 1, the JTS, even though Zach Wilson's back 50 to 1. So it feels like a two horse race. Is there value now in the Bills? Because
5: that's as low a number as you're going to get that you could have gotten all summer. You can make that argument, absolutely. But I'll tell you what I did, Dave. I took the Bills back in July for minus 190 to win the division. Mm. However, with the way things are going and their injuries right now on defense, yesterday I took Miami at plus 230 uh, to win the division to basically get myself off the position. Technically, if the Bills win the division, I'll make $300, but I won't lose any money assuming Miami or Buffalo wins the division because I don't believe the Patriots or the Jets are going to be able to win. Risky spot if one of those two teams were to emerge. But the reason I did that is because if this weekend, if Miami wins today and if Buffalo loses, then the I, I think Miami becomes a favorite to win the division. And I don't want to be in a scenario where I'm with uh, two minus sides. I've got a minus 190 and a plus 230. That's the reason why I took it. So I, I don't disagree with you that Buffalo is definitely alive to win this division very easily and you can comfortably. But when you start to look at the injuries right now, Micah Hyde out for the season, Ed Oliver potentially uh, questionable again on Sunday. Right. That impacts the running game against a team like Baltimore. And and I get, even if you're two games back and you still have a home game return date, but Miami started in the Division 2-0. and Then you also factor in potentially the AFC record because Miami's, all these wins have come in conference, it's right? It's huge. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten New England. They've beaten um uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and it would be Cincinnati, I think it becomes difficult for Buffalo to potentially win the division. I'm not saying they can't. But when you've already played four out of 17 games and you're two games back potentially, becomes a challenge.
4: I think, first of all, it was such an astute wager by you to come back in the Dolphins now with that good plus money. Because, I'm sorry, the Patriots and the Jets are not winning this division. Unless Zach Wilson, absolutely now coming off injury, is who they thought he was going to be coming out of BYU. It is a two-horse race. Now, I don't know why Patriot backers would believe they're still alive in the AFC East. Here's the thing with the Dolphins, though. Is there any smoke and mirrors here? Because you mentioned it. They've beaten two of the elite in the conference. The Bills might be the best team in football. At least that's what we're all anointing them to be. And the Ravens is a team you and I have talked a lot about on on Big Bets uh, throughout the summer is a team we really like. And now you come back in grand fashion and beat the Ravens in Baltimore – and then you come back and beat the Bills, albeit in South Beach on Sunday, you look ahead at the rest of the schedule here for the the Dolphins, and yes, you're going to get that big date with the Bills in Buffalo uh, back up there in Week 15. Difficult test against the Packers late in the year as well. But really, okay, the Vikings will be challenging past that? I mean, look at this thing. Jets, Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, no Deshaun, Texans. That's really soft underbelly.
5: Dave, that was one of the reasons why I looked at the schedule and I said, I look at this team. Now, look, they've got an incredible December, right? They're at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at the Bills and Packers. You're on the road at three consecutive games at San Francisco, the Chargers and the Bills in three consecutive weeks, not to mention your return trip to Green Green Bay. But then you close out the season at the Patriots and the Jets at home. So two division foes would Mm -hmm. help you immensely. Here's what I'm looking at with the Chargers right now. Bosa out on injured reserve, surgery on the groin. You've got Rashawn Slater out for the year on the offensive line. Justin Herbert is banged up. This Chargers team, because of injuries, they may not be who the team that many of us thought they could be or potentially end up being in the AFC. So now you look at them and say, by the time we get to week 14, if this team is upside down, they may not be the same team you would have played in week two or week three. San Francisco, similar situation. Huge Monday night game against the Rams coming up. If they don't win this football game, you look at this team and go, you're going to look back and go, wow, that's a horrible loss to the Bears. They've got, oh, a, man. they've got a victory against Seattle. They lose the game against Denver. I mean, there's some inept offenses they've played so far, and they're one and two. I'm with you. I, you're going to look back on those and go, how did we lose to the Bears if you're a Niners fan?
4: Week number one, uh, Justin Fields was quarterback, obviously, in week one. By the way, I feel better about my Cowboys to win the NFC East at 7-1 to one mm-hmm. than I do the Chargers to win the AFC, which I got back in March at plus 1250. I mean, with the injuries you just uh, detailed here, we th- we all thought collectively we that the AFC was going to be this juggernaut conference and the Bills are the-, the top dog. I don't know how the depth of the conference is what we thought it was with the injuries now to the Chargers and the Bills now with their defensive injuries. All of a sudden, it feels like and we keep saying it with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Roy Jones Jr. Y'all must have forgot plus three fifty. Right now for the Chiefs to win the AFC, i got to think they're feeling pretty good about their start.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at it, I think Kansas City, at this point in time, through three weeks, their path to the AFC West appears to be a little bit easier than Buffalo's path to the AFC East. Right. Now, I would not have thought that before the season started. That's why I love the Bills taking them early on. But, Dave, I have to tell you, the difference between myself and a lot of other people is, look, I'm not trying to prove whether I'm right or wrong. I'm Mm. just trying to make sure I'm profitable. And that's the reason why I took the Dolphins at this point in time. Look, I still believe that Buffalo's going to win this division. But I am not as confident with the injuries. And I have to tell you, I did not think Miami was going to win that game on Sunday.
4: No, and I think the Bills are going, how did we get double them up on offense, total plays, all of the – you look at every number, every stat
5: Mm – and the Bills dominated that game pretty much pillar to post, and yet they got an L in the loss column. To your point, they outgained it by 285 <laughs> yards. How many games are you winning when you outgain somebody by 285 yards? You're probably winning, what, 90 95% of those games? Right. And you see them come up a little bit short. I think the AFC right now, I I don't know. Are you a believer into Miami? That's the thing. And, I, and I'm looking at the at the roster, too, and I'm going, okay,
4: we'll find out. Tua Tungavilo, by the way, is supposed to play tonight. We'll find out about that. Teddy Bridgewater would go if Tua could not go. So before you make those wagers, realize that. But I look at the rest of the roster now, and I go, is this 53 for the Dolphins really that good? Are we tricking them with a the rookie head coach? Yes, Tyreek Hill is a difference maker. That is clear. That, that is the biggest upgrade, obviously, on that offense that they've seen. It's paid dividends so far. But I don't know. To me, I, I look at this team and I go, I'm not buying them long-term. I love the number you have of them uh, because of that soft underbelly in the second part of the schedule to be right there at the end to challenge the Bills down to stretch to win the division. But no, I don't think I'm all, I look at them and go, if the Chargers get healthy, which by the way, they might not. Cause you just mentioned Slater's gone for the year. Right. We'll find out about Bosa. Those are two key cogs in that machine for the Chargers. So are the chiefs the biggest threat? I still think it's the Ravens. I know you and I both like that football right. team a lot. But I don't look at the Dolphins and go, to win the AFC,
5: that's not a team I think I'd back right now. I, I would agree with you that right now, Tua banged up for tonight's game. He's questionable but he's expected to play. Uh, Jalen Waddle, another guy banged up but expected to play. When you look at the injuries that have received this team right now, mm-hmm. it, into this matchup, it's hard. But the one thing that I'll point to, and you sit there and say, wow, well, it's early to get off the plate. Well, here's the problem. You look at the Bill schedule, the next three or four, Ravens and the Chiefs. I mean, it's not an easy it's a situation right now. And throwing the Steelers in between there, they'll be able to get through that one. But my, my point being is that Miami is playing with confidence now. Yeah. Right? You're down 21 in Charm City. Who would have thought they're coming back and winning that football game? Nobody. Then you turn around and you beat Buffalo at home. And, and for me, I still don't buy this team. But if that confidence meter starts to get to a level 10, they become a team that can play with anybody potentially.
4: I think what you just uh, outlined with the Buffalo Bills. So if you're a Bills backer, right. I think the advice here for the AFC would be wait. Because let's say Miami wins tonight. Okay. Right. We mentioned how easy that schedule is in the, in the middle part. There's a good chance that the fight and fish could be, say, nine and two at some point. If you just extrapolate before the, the end of the season, what gets really hard. The Bills, because they're a tough part of the schedule this week in Charm City, as you mentioned. Steelers won't be easy. They lost to the Steelers, by the way, last year in week one. At Kansas City, you might want to wait and see how the Bills do. You might get a, a dare I say, even money or plus money if they drop one of these two games I to agree. win the AFC East. No question about it. So just if you if you want to back the Bills and you look at that, and go, oh, minus 250, let me jump on it. You might want to wait a couple weeks. That number could get even better. Much more to get to. Josh Applebaum's going to join us later on this hour. Mike Pritchard, next hour, we'll talk more NFL and mix in some Major League Baseball. Did you hear about Aaron Judge?
5: No, I did not. Guy's pretty good, apparently. Well, ABC didn't break in. (laughs)
4: Let's talk about that. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw
0: on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready. The action The hockey season prep guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including... Daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus the three things every new NHL bettor should know. The guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets here on VEASAN. Amal, you mentioned last night that you were aware. Apparently he said history, made some history. Well, now we're kind of, we're quantifying what the history is, right? Now it's the American League record. He's tying Roger Maris, 61 home runs. First of all, were you captivated by this and how long it took for, finally for Judge to at least get to Maris's level? I was not. <laughs> this is not something that took your attention and you wanted to see every at-bat.
5: No, I, I mean, listen, there's lo- In terms of division races, postseason, you look at some of the odds. Guardians right now 13-1 to to win the LCS. Um, You know, I I still don't believe this Yankees team's going that far in the postseason. Wow. So even
4: though the offense feels like it's been found a little bit as of late, it, it can't just all be Aaron Judge. And by the way, we saw some, it's what Twitter does. You see some kind of snarky tweets out there that basically said like, well, how about this one? Finally, Aaron Judge has done it. He's pulled it within 12. Of this single-season home-run record. Dig! I still think it's neat. He's having a great season, and it's fun, but quit lying about what it is. So, how do you... This isn't in in gambling parlance, and by the way, you can still bet whether or not you think Aaron Judge is going to get to whatever number... Does it matter that Bonds is not thought of as the single season home run record. Now it's an American league record that we're going for. We're really kind of trying to, to parcel out exactly what we're seeing.
5: Look, we go to seven inning double headers. Yes. You statistically destroyed it. You put game, you put runners on second base ghost runners. Give me a break. I mean, think about this. The Yankees had two innings in Seattle this year where they had two players come to the plate, right? Because they had a runner picked off and they hit into a double play. Oh yeah. And so all I'm saying is that, Baseball had been historically a game, but you know, it's all about stats and accumulation. It drives me nuts that they wait over six months to try to get every game in in the final two weeks of the year when you can make up these games earlier in the season. I like having that 162 played by every team. It, this is just not as big of a deal to me. I think he's had an incredible, incredible yes. year. Aaron Judge is a... It can be made that guys like Kevin Brown and other guys were allegedly uh, taking the sauce as well. Mm-hmm. But... For me, it, it doesn't make a difference. The thing I respect about Barry's record is that Barry was seeing one pitch a week and he was depositing it. You can say whatever you want about him, but the fact that this guy would see one pitch a week and he would crush it, I mean, I think he had like 200 something walks. Oof. Yeah, I think his high walk total is 232 walks in this season. Yeah, I'm with it. The numbers have been skewed because of yep. all the reasons that you mentioned, that's why I was still like,
4: get off my lawn about putting the, let's just put kegs in the outfield if we're going to play seven inning double dips and put ghost runners on second base. Like to me, it's just not exactly the same game. So I'm with you on this? It's still an incredible accomplishment that we're seeing, but I'm with you too about the Yankees long term. Might not be a team that you're buying once we do get to the postseason.
5: Yeah, and absolutely, it kind of goes to though. My perspective is different than other people's, right? Like in here, I sit here, and we're just—I mean, it's so great for my confidence to be associated with people who cheer for winning football teams oh. here. Santos with the Washington Commanders. Yeah, we got is that. Your name this week? That's the name This, this week. week, this Shawn, week, Sean with the. Uh, uh, oh, the Raiders haven't won yet. I was going to say oh. the winning Raiders are winless. I think
4: they're the only winless team in the NFL. My
5: man, Kevin here, uh, yeah. Mr. Cleveland Brown himself, yet to make a Super Bowl. Wait, so is he a Ravens fan or a Browns fan? How does that work? He, he's he's a Browns oh, fan a through and through. Fan. Yes, okay, absolutely. Just, just and then you, Mr. Dallas Cowboy himself. What, what can you say about us? Haven't won a Me. Super Bowl. Do you realize there have been more Super, Bowl played, Super Bowls <laughs> played now in terms of how long has been? More than half. It's been more than half the Super Bowls you guys have not even won one in. That's We're
4: going to have that stricken from the record. You look at the World Series odds coming up, because, again, a lot of people look at Cowboy fans,
5: and they oh, equate Super Bowl them with... 30. I'm wrong on the math, sorry. There you go.
4: And they equate it with Yankee fans, which is just like, I know Yankee fans. They are insufferable. Okay, like... When, thing. How about those guys just across town? We're going to talk about that series coming up with, with, the, with the Braves. If you had to bet
5: a New York team No, the the Mets by by far. You would take them five to one over the Yankees five to one. We're not having this discussion. I'm moving on (laughs) to something else. I'm telling you right now, Uh, the most insufferable fans in sports. I'm going to give you two teams. I hate to say this myself. One is Ohio State. Oh, I mean just what's wrong? Well, there's like part of part of Buckeye fans think they invented football. Oh yeah, right. Like Ohio, Ohio State's never the only college program that's never lost seven games or eight games in a season only program in college football history right they've had two losing seasons since like 1950 that is rather incredible it, it is incredible but still you we i don't know three national titles since that time or oh, you go to 50 uh, forget 57 but three titles since 57 mm. you should win more if you're and then Notre Dame these oh. guys haven't been – they're like the Cowboys. They haven't been relevant, but somehow every broadcaster has a sheet that says in front of them, say if Notre Dame is good, it's just better for college football. Why? What's wrong with watching Sam Hartman throw balls and dimes all over the place? He's unbelievable. Who cares if it's Notre Dame? Shout out Tim Murray. That's – first of all, it just – they have their own network. He's have been insufferable. Do you know that actually hurts them? Nobody on a Saturday tunes into NBC to watch college football. don't either. I have to watch Notre Dame. I'm not watching Notre Dame anymore. Way though, When I think Notre Dame football, I think Jack Collinsworth and I think University School slash Princeton graduate Jason Garrett.
4: (laughs) I love Garrett. So when you you mentioned the Metropolitans at 5-1, they're going to have to get through the Bravos this weekend in order to, I'm not saying that if you don't win the East, you can't win the World Series because of course you can. It's just a much longer and harder road to get there because the loser of the East is going to be in the same bracket as the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are the plus 350 betting favorite to win the World Series. Not
5: only the pennant. You have a, you have a quizzical look. On your I face. do. Listen, Mets super fan. Talking to a friend of mine. And we were talking about the 86 series. And we were talking about how Buck. He forgets that Calvin Sheraldi had two strikes on Gary Carter. Correct. They could have gotten Kevin Mitchell. They could have gotten Ray Knight. Thank you. It wasn't Bill Buckner. It wasn't like they were down one and there was runners on second and third. And then, by the way, people forget in game seven, there was a game seven. They were up three nothing. They were up three nothing. I mean, so so if you're a Metropolitan, you you can't be worried about having to face the Braves or the Cardinals or whomever. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. The Mets have the pitching. The offense has really come around. I thought it was an impressive win last night when the Braves drop a game oh, against huge. the Nationals to come back from down 4-0 off the mat, win this game in 10 innings, and put themselves in a great position. Now, with all that being said, I, I'll tell you what's going to be unfortunate possibly for the okay. Braves this weekend is if this uh, series does not take place in Atlanta because of the weather. Right. There's a potential it could get moved Huge three-game series. Uh, it's unfortunate if it has to be moved. And that begins
4: uh, tomorrow. It would. It is scheduled right now for the ATL, of course, with Hurricane uh, Ian making its way through Florida. We're wishing the best for everybody down there. But from a practical standpoint here, Max Freed against DeGrom. You just, look, as a Metropolitan fan, this is like, okay, like we're throwing out Muhammad Ali in game one, right? Yeah. And we're going up. I don't know if, if that's their Joe Frazier and Max Freed. But – you gotta think if you're a Metropolitan fan with this one game lead, you gotta win that game one. By the way, the total right now is six and a half. You can understand why it's so low. And right now, minus a dollar ten in this game as it stands tomorrow. If the venue changes, does that change your handicap at all? Let's say they've got to move it and they can't play it in the ATL. Does that affect the handicap?
5: I don't think it does, but I think it will affect the numbers itself. And what I would look at is the home and away splits for the Braves pitchers mm. in terms of how well they fared at home against going on the road in different, situa- different situational spots. So this is interesting. If you're the Mets, you got to come out of here with one out of three. That's your number. you got to win so one. So you're
4: saying like if the Mets ponds get one out of three, then technically they'd be even again. Correct. But the easier
5: schedule favors the Metropolitans in the last week. Absolutely. And when you look at the Mets schedule ending next week, uh, I mean, they're in a great position to be able to win this division. I, re- I really like their chance. They get the Nationals to close mm. out for the final three games. Whereas Atlanta, um, just trying to pull up real quick who they, they – they play the Marlins. You're going to face Big Sandy, and you're going to face uh, Pedro Lopez. Yeah. Uh, so you like the match
4: Metro- One of the three uh, against the Braves, against baseball, would we'll be wrapping up that series. It would be very interesting how Game 1 goes if you're a Metropolitan fan. I mentioned Judge, and everybody was talking about that. The more – Amazing stat, not impressive, but amazing stat that happened at a baseball last night. Not forget about Judge for a second. The Nationals, with that walk-off win against the Braves to get this one-game lead, was the second walk-off of the season for the Nationals. You know how bad you have to be to, in almost October to get your second walk-off in the last week of September. I mean, this is that's an amazingly bad loss for the Braves
5: here you and Matt Sanders. You guys like I mean you lose you lose Juan Soto you lose Max Scherzer. For some reason I still can't figure out for the life of me why the hell Mike Rizzo resigned uh Steven Strasburg after he opted
4: well, the Braves were two dollar betting favorites last night uh, that obviously did not cash on the run line uh minus the dollar 20. I don't know how else you would have bet the Braves uh in if you were in a place park- Team that the Nationals just been awful all year. You can understand why it was that big a number.
5: Yeah, Brace played great baseball the other night, and last night got uh, a little bit roughed up there. So you're not going to watch Aaron Judge the rest of the way and see if he can get to 70? I will be if I'm involved in a Yankee game. When we come back,
4: getting back to the NFL, look at some more team totals when we come back, right here on Big Bets on v the sports betting
0: network. v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v The Sports Betting
4: Network. Welcome back. This segment of Easton Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is just a little bit different. Everyone is on their own journey, but whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. We were talking a little baseball. We mentioned uh, Matt Santos during the break. It doesn't look like they're planning to move this Braves Mets series. With the Hurricanes, they're really going to try to play this in the ATL.
5: We had kicked around some ideas of maybe you know going down to Florida, but you think that'd be a home game for the Mets? Yeah, absolutely, it would be if you're playing in South Florida, down in Dade County. I mean, you got a ton of metropolitan fans. Obviously, the Yankees, the bigger faithful there, but still, when the Mets play the Marlins, you always hear. You you would think you're playing at City Field or you're in Port St. Lucie for you know a spring training game <laughs> for sure. Port
4: St. Lucie, a lot of fun to go down
5: there to Port St. Lucie. Uh, by the way, very quickly before we move on to the NFL.
4: There was a fan in Toronto that brought his glove to the game. An adult. I believe his name is Frank Lasagna. That's his name. So Frank Lasagna brought his adult glove with his adult body to the game and missed the home run ball off the glove. It hit the glove of Frank Lasagna. Very quickly for Frankie. How much money do you think that missed
5: opportunity cost him? Because it went in the bullpen, so I'm assuming now it's you don't have to pay a thing. You know, it's interesting. First of all, we're assuming that Judge hit 62. Ooh, if Judge doesn't for some reason, more value on the more ball. value on the ball. And remember, it's still a record-breaking American League home run ball. It ties right. Roger Maris, so that is the American League record. You have Maris, and then Hank Greenberg, I think, was the one who was at 57 before that. Um, so it still would have potentially been the home run ball for the record. If uh, Aaron judge doesn't break the record missed opportunity there for Frank lasagna. That's his name. Uh, the other thing I'm is, glad the ball didn't go in the stands. Cause it would have been an absolute melee. It would, it, would have been it, would have, it would have been looking like the Raiders at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum against the chargers. By the way, Frank lasagna threw his glove in disgust when he didn't catch it. So like you brought the glove, like what, he, you know,
4: he, he had another AB. I think he had, but like, do you, if you're Frank Lozano, do you just travel around now and try to get those same seats, hoping he pulls one? I mean, it's the opportunity of a lifetime, and it literally went
5: off your glove. Well, Charlie Sheen one time bought 2,000 tickets at Anaheim Stadium to catch a Cecil Fielder ball. The ball never got hit there that night. I mean, you can't. Listen, you had the opportunity, and unfortunately, uh, he dropped it. Uh, grown men bringing gloves to the game. You okay with that? I'm not a go-to-games guy, and I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm at a baseball game, I don't want to sit anywhere where I can get a baseball. Really? What, dude, I got to say that. Listen. That's why you bring the glove. You catch it. I'm all Listen, for it. I, don't I'm, not, doing I'm only going to the game if I'm being paid to be there.
4: <laughs> Let's get back to some of the win totals adjusted in the NFL uh, as we get through the season. By the way, we, always, we mention this each and every week. It's a race. All of a sudden, you look up a quarter of the season. I mean, it just boom, it's going to go, right? We're already in week four. So the adjusted win totals, here's what really surprises me in the NFC. I don't think it's going to surprise you, but to the betting market, Look at the Eagles adjusted win total. It surprises me. Oh, my God. 12 and a half. Amal, you and I talked this summer. You could have got the Eagles at eight wins. Then it got eight and a half. And then nine. 12 and a half? They're, to me, look, if you want to play them to get 13, go with go with God. Good luck to you. But there is no way I could play that, even though it's even money, minus $1. ten either way, over under of 12 and a half. Because the value has just been extracted,
5: right? Yeah. But they could very easily win 13 games, is the premise here. Listen, I think you're in a great position if you've got the over on the Eagles to come back with an under or 12 and a half. What, you know. a, what a middle. You got a four and a half game middle in the NFL. I mean, you've got a 25% of the schedule middle on this one. Whew. That's incredible. That's a dream scenario. If you took the Eagles before the season started to go over uh eight wins, as you alluded to. May I just point out one thing, Dave? Yes, Your Dallas Cowboys. Uh huh. Three game differential.
4: How about them Cowboys? That's a slap in the face <laughs> to Jared Jones. But you, By the way, juiced a minus an hour 30 to the over nine and a half. No, remember, we talked about it after week one and, and Dak Prescott's injury and the seasons is lost. Then all of a sudden, you, you grind out a win against the Bengals. You grind out a win against the Giants. And now you get the commander. Sorry, Matt Santos. They could easily be three and one by the end of this week. I'm not saying play the Cowboys over at nine and a half. Which is about, by the way, where they were 10 in the market, down a little nine and a half here. But I look at that Eagles, you just laid out a a great pro tip out there, which is if you can find a middle scenario where if you, you got a good value before the season started, and here we are only three weeks in, you're never, very rarely, gonna find a potential four, three to four game
5: middle opportunity. We're not talking hedge, we're talking middle. That's the best-case scenario right there. 100%. The point you just made, you're talking a four-and-a-half game middle. You said the season oh. win total beforehand was eight. You could correct? have had eight before the draft. Right. And eight. then eight-and-a-half. Okay, and then so eight-and-a-half. Eight yep. Let's say you got eight-and-a-half and you got 12-and-a-half. I mean, you talk about an incredible situation and scenario here. Four games between eight-and-a-half and 12-and-a-half. Just and a half. win nine, 10, 11. I'm golden. And 12. Or 12. I mean, you're in such a great position there. And it's like, you know, I say this all the time, and you hear me say it, Dave. You never go broke taking a profit. No. Now, I can understand, see, what somebody says, well, I don't want to blow my potential nine. Well, what happens if Jalen Hurts gets hurt? Now, all of a sudden, you're counting on the mustache, Gardner Minshew, to come back and lead this team. Look, the team is talented, but I have to tell you, you know, we were talking about this uh, last couple of days while you are out in terms of league MVP, Jackson, Jalen Hurts. For my money right now, probably Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I would throw him Mahomes as well, because I'm a huge Mahomes fan. He's so good. Uh, but I think Jalen Hurts has been what I deem to be the most valuable player. Yeah. And I always equate most valuable player to most important. Mm. I think Hurts has been the most important player so far to any team. Because Buffalo still has immense talent. I know Allen does everything. Lamar is, is the catalyst for that team, but he's still got players there. I don't think Philadelphia with another quarterback is even – we're even talking about them. I think you're exactly right. And again, this was because because remember they're not tied to Jalen Hurts
4: after this year. If uh, if the front office wants to go in a different direction, and he's coming up roses so far. Yeah, absolutely. Early on this season, right. Very quickly, one other team I want to point out here in the first board of the NFC. Justin Win told us, boy, if you took the Packers after they lost Week One and looked looked bad in that Week One loss in Minnesota, right? The offense was that The rookie receivers didn't look good, and they do exactly what they seem to do after losing week one, just about every year, they come back with two impressive victories, right? Now, yeah, bears are the bears, but the Tampa Bay win was pretty solid, at least defensively, right? Now it's back up to 11 and a half. Is the value gone there? Or do you think this team is just starting to hit their stride?
5: I think they're starting to hit the stride. And I think the one thing that, um, you know, I'm a little bit good other people as well. When it comes to the Packers, once their receiving core, gets better as the season progresses, Romeo Dobbs. We've been able to see what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this team becomes really dangerous in the NFC. I think their defense is elite. It's legit. I like the running game uh, right now. When you look at uh, between Jones and Dillon, yeah. I love the two-headed monster that they've got there. And then 12 is 12. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> that's he, not changing. That's, that's the, not changing. That's the constant. I think, my honestly, my favorite play in the NFL is watching. Rodgers on a fake handoff, QB waggle left. And just sit there waiting for him to throw one about 60 yards and drop it in like somebody just went and handed the receiver the ball. It is it is pretty to watch. Look, like I've I've been a harsh critic of Rodgers through the years, doesn't call his family enough. But
4: like as far as what he does on the football field, the dude is the the reigning defending two-time MVP. What does him not calling his family have to do with the price of tea in China? Yeah, absolutely nothing. But it's just always fun and interesting. Like that like I'm just rooting for him, you know, outside of the profession here. But I I get exactly what he does. And that's why they're always playable, because of 12. As long as he's there, and you've got the Packers, I took him last year at 11 and adjusted win total of 12. And I hit both those tickets because they won 13. It's not because, you know, I wish he called home more. But still, the fact is, I knew as long as 12
5: is upright, this team's going to go. I would agree with you there. I want to hit, quickly hit three more teams. Bring it. Uh, what do you think of the Vikings? They're ten and a half over, Ooh. plus one fifteen, under minus one forty.
4: Uh, a little bit disheartening what we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks. The, the comeback against the Lions is huge for them going forward. If you, that one gets away at home, all of a sudden you're one and two. I'd have some question marks there. The Niners are a team I'd be worried about. Trent Williams, to me, yes, is so underrated at left tackle, and now with him out. I look at this team and I go, okay. I like Jimmy G. I, and by the way, I like Trey Lance too. But
5: if that offensive line can't block up front and the run game can't get going, they could be in a lot of trouble out west. But you brought up a great point about Trent Williams. You probably covered him in Washington. You know, the, the Boomer Sooner is an unbelievable offensive lineman. I never thought got enough credit for what mm-hmm. he's been able to do. The Rams are at ten and a half over, minus one twenty under even money. Big game Monday night between these two teams. But are you a buyer and a believer into? This Rams team, for some reason to me, it's not clicking. Yes, I, I'm not buying them.
4: Well, here's the thing. I would have loved the Niners in this spot. We'll talk about yeah. it a lot more about the game uh, today and tomorrow here in the network. But I, I look at this now, and I don't like it as much. I kept trying to say, why were the Rams plus money to win the division all summer? Could have got them at about plus thirty. I actually think there's value in the Rams now because of the injuries that are starting to mount up for the Niners. I liked the Niners after potentially after week one with Jimmy G, but all the other injuries right now, this team could be in a lot of trouble, and that loss to Denver is going to really come back to bite them.
5: Yeah, you bring up a good point with the injuries to uh, this 49ers team, and I think that that bodes well for the Rams going forward. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program as well, but when we come
4: back, going to ship up to Boston, Josh Applebaum is going to join the program next. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v Sports Betting Network.
4: Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Laced it up for week four with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and touchdown insurance offers each and every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time in the game. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new. Alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets here on Vison. We're at South Point Casino and Hotel this hour, every Thursday. We ship up to Boston to catch up with our guy, Josh Applebaum, host of VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh, great to have you back on. First of all, tell us about the podcast a little bit. If you're going to have coffee in the morning, you got to listen and wake up with you, <laughs> right, Josh?
7: Oh, you're exactly right, Dave Amal. It's great to be with you. So yeah, you know, I do have the market insights pod. we just hit episode I uh, what are we on 669 today? But having this new pod here, morning bet. So I think the whole thought process is you don't have, you know, 40 minutes to listen to the market insights pod. You're waking up, you're getting dressed, you're making your coffee quickly tell me, what are the biggest games of the day? What are the biggest line moves? What are some sports betting education tips we can offer? So that's really what we've been doing here, Dave. It comes out 6.30 a.m. Eastern time every morning, having a lot of fun with it. I'm also really enjoying kind of, you know, talking about games at 6.30, Mm. you know, betting a game and then looking at, okay, 4.30, when I do the Market Insights pod, how have these numbers changed? Is the line going in my favor? Is it going the other way? I'm really excited about this. So, again, wake up. It's Newsletter every day, com slash newsletter. Really pumped about the direction this thing is going. Absolutely. Amal doesn't drink coffee, so I'll have two cups <laughs> when I listen. Uh, Josh,
4: <laughs> let's get to the game tonight. You mentioned how these numbers do change, right? And they're going to change before we get get to kickoff tonight. Amal and I talked about it off the top of the hour. It was up as high as four. I never saw four and a half sit, but back down now to three and a half. Really what's the biggest change to me, gentlemen, is the total has gone up precipitously now up to 48 and a half. Josh, what are you seeing here in these market moves?
7: Yeah, so you're totally right, Dave. Let's start with the total here. You know, it did open around 48-ish. It got down to 47 and 47, and I'm you know already dusting off my time under systems. Prime time unders have been great. They're 59% the last three years. They're seven and three so far this year. Unders, by the way, have been really the best most uh, you know money making opportunity. Unders are 30 and 18, 62%. That's good news for sportsbooks and contrarians because the public always wants to root for points and bet overs. But I did get a little nervous here. So I ended up laying off the total here, guys, just because you're totally right, Dave. Game day movement coming in. That's really notable to me when limits are raised. Yesterday it was around 47 and a half. Now it's 48. Now it's 48 and a half. So I'll still go under or nothing. But to me, when I have all these good under systems, and yet you're seeing this late move to the over, that's just a hey, make it easy on yourself. No bet for me with the total. But Dave, I am gonna go and lay the points here with Ooh. the since minus three and a half. Now it's tough for me. I'm a big dog guy. I'm a big contrarian guy. You know, dogs this year, 29 and 18 against the spread, 62%. Primetime dogs have been great. Tua has some great numbers. ATS as a dog, 9 and 3 against the spread. Dolphins obviously, one of your only are only two uh, one of two uh, undefeated teams so far this year along with the Eagles. But I like the gross dog guys. I don't like the popular dogs. I bet against the trendy dogs and I think that's what's happening here tonight. If you look at Miami, you can't blame the public. 3 and 0 straight up, 3 and 0 ATS. You're getting you know, the hook here. It's out there. You might as well grab it. But I would be a little bit careful here. The Miami Dolphins are getting, using our VEASAN.com bet splits, around 62% bets. So think of it this way. Around two-thirds of bets from the public are going with Tua in the points here. But what happened with the line? It opened at actually uh, Bengals minus three, got all the way up to four at one point. There was some buyback at four, bringing it back down to three and a half. What's notable to me, guys, You know, Tua got upgraded and cleared, and he's ready to go. I was saying, okay, if he's ready to go, this thing's going to get down to three, right? That hasn't happened. It stayed at three and a half with the Bengals. Even some are juiced up like it may get back up to four. So I'm going to fade the trendy dog here. I love dogs when they're gross, not when they're popular. Also, you look at Thursday night football home favorites. I know primetime dogs have been great the last few years, but if you go back a decade, Thursday night football home favorites, they're around 56% ATS. Obviously, short week, benefits of the team, doesn't have to travel. This reminds me a lot, guys, of Cincinnati and Pittsburgh last Thursday night where the public play was the Steelers, yet that line pretty much always showed liability control. The Browns there, it was a crazy mm-hmm. ending. You know, it <laughs> killed a lot of teasers and everything, but I'm going to go with the Bengals. They're a primetime time favorite, only getting 40% of bets. Late move in their favor. I'm laying the minus 3.5 with Cincinnati.
5: Josh, I'm not surprised at all, but I want to ask you a little bit. You do a tremendous job of kind of looking at the line moves and going based on some of that. When you look at the injuries that are currently impacting this Miami Dolphins team. How do you factor that in? If somebody's not as well-versed in terms of making a play based on line movement the way you are, what would you suggest or kind of tell them to look at? Because, look, at a question of what he's expected to play. Jalen Waddle, same thing. We've got a host of guys from Miami that they've just, it seems like they're banged up right now.
7: Yeah, Amal, it's a great question here. You know, number one, obviously get on Twitter. That's the easiest answer to your question. Make sure you get this information quick. Obviously follow Schefter and all the big reporters, but follow those local beat reporters. They're going to give you this insight, you know, sooner than everyone else. But I think to your point, Amal, I want to be aware of these injuries. I obviously need to know, you know, whether or not these guys are playing or not. But I'm not going to just, you know, bet based on a single, you know, injury like you see in the NBA a lot. Like LeBron's out, the line moves, you bet against uh, the Lakers there. But to me, with the NFL, these injuries are baked into the cake. You know, sharp guys, wise guys, they have inside info. They probably know before other people whether these guys are going to play or not. So to me, I'm not going to bet based on a player. I'm going to bet based on a number. So the fact that, again, the example with Tua, he's cleared. He's going to play. Yet, why didn't this get down to three? It stayed three and a half. So pay attention to the injuries. They're important. Get on Twitter. Find them out quickly. But to me, the line is really going to tell you the, the the full story versus just focusing on one injury. All right, speaking
4: of trying to make sense of injuries and line moves, speaking of Boston, what's going on with this number with the Patriots <laughs> now that it looks like Mac Jones is going to be out for a couple weeks as they go to Green Bay. And so you're expecting, all right, Mac 10's out, Josh, to your point here. This thing's going to balloon. It's going to be 10, 11. Oh, no, 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 no. Nine and a half. I'm seeing some nines out there, Josh. Why are people backing the Patriots, even though Mac Jones is?
7: Question day by day, day by day, Dave, day by day. If you watch Belichick's <laughs> press conference, he said that about 11 times yesterday. It tells me there's kind of a disagreement with the injury, just some insight in Boston. Like Mac wants to get a second opinion. He doesn't want to play if he's not ready. Belichick wants him out there, you know, ASAP. What's well, notable to me, guys, if Brian Hoyer does start here and you did see a report that Mac Jones hasn't ruled himself out for this game, but to me, this is kind of a hazmat play on the Patriots because the look ahead, if Mac Jones is healthy, was Patriots getting six and a half at Green Bay. Then when it was uh, thought that Mac Jones was going to miss some time, line got all the way up to ten and a half. Mm. But what was notable to me, public thinks, okay, you know, Mac Tom Brady, Brian Hoyer's a backup, hasn't had a ton of success. It's down to nine and a half. And Dave, I wouldn't be surprised if some books get down to nine. They're kind of juiced up here toward New England. So, you know, you would have wanted something closer to the key number of 10, but late money's going Patriots. I'll take the points here. You know, Packers uh, aren't really the same Packers offense we're used to. They're struggling scoring points here. It is a low total. It's like 40 and a half. It mm-hmm. opened 43. So maybe the Packers win, but with Hoyer, as long as you don't make all those mistakes that Mac has been making, maybe, maybe this thing is around a touchdown game. I'd look at taking the points with Hoyer and the Pats.
5: This is an interesting game. I'm not on a side on this one, but I like this game under the total because I think this Green Bay with Brian Hoyer now, who's owned 11 in his last 11 games, I think. and uh, I'm not sure what his ATS number is, but I'm just not convinced, uh, Josh, that this Patriots offense is going to be able to put up a ton of points. But on the flip side, I think when you see Brian Hoyer on the other side, you don't take unnecessary risk from an offensive standpoint if you're Green Bay.
7: No, I'm with you here, Amal. And again, the line fell 43 down to around 40 and a half. 40 is going to be a little bit of wind. That's a big factor here in the NFL and college because of the hurricane right now. So I'm with you. About 10 miles an hour wind in Green Bay. Packers like to run the ball. Patriots probably want to you know, give a lot of carries to Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. So I'm with you, Maul. Unders has been great. A little bit of wind. Game plan-wise, you're going to run it a lot, both teams. I'd look toward the under here. All right,
4: Josh, very quickly here, and I'm just curious because I talk about this with them all, all the time. When I was really getting into sports betting, and I'm showing my age here, back in the, in the 90s and the 80s, the key numbers were 37 and 47 for totals, right? You don't see games anymore in the 30s. Oh, yes, you do. I got another one this week, 39 and a half. You mentioned the Packer game is down to 40 in some places. I'm seeing 41s for the Commanders and Cowboys. What's going on with these super low totals? And you mentioned the unders have been the sharp place so far this season.
7: Yeah. Unders have been great here, Dave. I think one part of it is maybe the the switch to the 17 game schedule, the, you know, kind of the reduced preseason, four games down to three. If you look at kind of the average score in the NFL right now, it's much lower than it used to be. So I think at some point you're going to see a bit more scoring again, obviously key numbers. You look to the three and the seven on the spread, but I'll give you a good one here. The giants and the Chicago bears. Total in here right now is 39 and a half. It looks like it may be getting down to 39. I don't have to remind you guys what we saw with that Giants and Cowboys game where it opened 40, closed 38 and a half, it lands 39. So if you got the early number, cash the under. Late over, you pushed, you cashed as well. Maybe somebody middled that thing. But this is a game where if you you can find a hook, 39 and a half right now. I'm looking at the Bears Giants under. Only about 50% of bets on the under using our veasan.com bet splits, but 74% of money on the under. Both offenses and defenses only giving up around 18 and scoring around 18 a game. Uh, the hook could be critical if it lands 39. That's a perfect example there, Dave, of trying to get a, a, a hook and a total at a good number before it falls.
4: I think Mike Singletary, Lawrence Taylor, and Harry Carson all questionable for the game. I mean, 39 and a half. What year is this? <laughs> what decade is this? This is absolutely amazing. Hey, Josh, great stuff as always, my friend. Uh, enjoy. We enjoy you in the mornings, and great having you here on Big Vets. Appreciate you. David Amal, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. There he is, everybody. Josh Applebaum. Just 39 and that. Whatever. Okay, when we come back, we've we'll got our pro tip for the hour and much more in the NFL. Come on back. It's Big Bets on Visa, and the Sports Betting Network.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.